the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, we continue our studies on healing as we look at laying on of hands. The main reading is James chapter 5. Uh, given just a few months ago, I was at a leaders' meeting, and um, Al Hayward, a good guy from Mid Wales, was just um, giving this talk about laying on of hands and um, uh, what, it, what we, it should mean and what we've sort of uh, <laughs> caused it not to mean. Um, and of course, it, it's very interesting in Hebrews 6 when he talks about the elemental, the basic teachings, uh, we, would, we, we would have said this, this, and this. But in that, the, those lists of six or seven, if you like, uh, of the basic elementary teachings, he puts laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. So it should be something we know about, something we should really understand, and uh, what it's for and what it's not for. And, um, and that's an interesting thing, because uh, we'll see in a moment how we, because we've allowed our own thinking and our own flesh to come in, we think that laying on of hands is the panacea and the antidote for anything. Well, of course it isn't. Um, so we're just we're going to look at that and the power of laying on of hands, the what it's used for in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and uh, even just the power of touch, isn't it? Sometimes we forget that the power of um, reaching out and holding someone's hand or giving someone a hug. It's amazing the power of touch. Um, they tell us the uh, biologists that when you you there's a touch, there's the release of uh, the hormone oxytocin. Which, which brings belonging, con- connection, communication, and trust. Um, there was a, I read this a long time ago, very interesting, about the power of touch and, a, and affection in parents and children. In a South American orphanage, uh, there were 96 children, 97 children, that were deprived of emotional, physical, physical contact with others, just because they just didn't know enough people, because of lack of funds, they wouldn't have staff to care for these kids who were aged from three months to three years. Nurses, well, they changed the diapers, fed and bathed the children, but there was little time to hold, uh, cuddle, talk as a mother would. After three months, many of them showed signs of abnormality. Besides of loss of appetite and being unable to sleep well, many of the children lay with vacant expressions in their eyes. After five months, serious deterioration set in. They lay whimpering with troubled and twisted faces. Often when a doctor or nurse would pick up the infant, it would scream in terror. 27, one-third of the children died within the first year, but not from lack of food or health care. They died of a lack of touch and emotional nurture. Because of this, seven more died the second year. Only 21 of the 97 survived, most with serious suffering, serious psychological damage. Um, And it's very interesting how Jesus went out of his way to touch. Um, when the leper, you wouldn't, you're not supposed to touch. The Bible says Jesus touched him. Ah, uh, and even that alone lifted his spirits, didn't it? Then the Lord touched him and made him whole, of course. So uh, God, God has created, but it, the power of laying on of hands. Well, let's have a little look at it. Let's see where the first mention is. That's always interesting. First mention, uh, Genesis 48. And Joseph took both of them. Ephraim on his right towards Israel's left hand and Manasseh on his left towards Israel's right hand and brought them close to him. 
But Israel reached out his, his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger. And crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Just read the first line of the next verse, 15a. Then he blessed Joseph and said, yeah. may, may the God of whom the Father be with me. The first mention, Joseph brings his sons. Why? Because he wanted the Father to impart some blessing. Mm. Hallelujah. Remember, it's only symbolic. In and of ourselves, we've got nothing. But the Bible tells us that there's a symbolism that we are, are channels of blessing, aren't we? And again, as we'll see in a minute, our, our human nature just sometimes twists up. But there's the first mention. Impartation of the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Uh, next one we find in Leviticus. These the identification. And we see in all the sacrifices, it's interesting that as they brought the sacrifice in, the Bible says they would put their hands on the head of the animal before the animal went... <coughs> Um, and uh, they would identify, and it, again, it was only symbolical, they were passing their sin onto the animal. And of course, on the great day of atonement, Yom Kippur, uh, we have this uh, wonderful picture of, of what the Lord does with sin. He brings sacrifice and he brings release. Uh, Leviticus 16, 2022. And when you have made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he shall bring the light goat. And Aaron <coughs> lay both his hands upon the head of the light goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions in all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. So again, identification. <laughs> he's he's taken my sin. So there's again that's again symbolic. That's in the Old Testament, impartation of the sin of the nation, and out it would go. But it's a beautiful picture of what the Lord does to us and what Jesus did. He sacrificed himself, but he also takes our sin and sends it far, far away. Bless the Lord. Um, so there's the identification, passing the blessing. And then we see uh, the conf an ordination where they are, they are, they are laying hands on, on, on a certain group of people, certain people, to, to commission them, to consecrate them, to put them into service. Again, again an identification, but more of a commissioning, <coughs> laying hands. Uh, new, numbers 8. And uh, the Lord said to Moses, Take the Levites from among the Israelites and make them ceremonially clean. To purify them, do this, sprinkle the water of cleansing on them, and have them shave their old bodies and wash their clothes, and so they will be purified. Have them take a young bull with, with its grain offering of the finest flour mixed with olive oil. Then you are to take a second young bull for a sin offering. Bring the Levites to the front of the tent of meeting and assemble the oldest Israelite community. You are to bring the Levites before the Lord and the Israelites are to lay their hands on them. So there's a laying hand of hands as a again identifying this is the tribe but also an order, a commissioning, a consecrated thing that we separated and uh, we're going to make sure that everyone knows that and there's a, a 
I suppose a, a, a consecration from the from the people to these people. They've been ordained. But again, in the Old Testament, there's still there's the picture of an impartation when we lay hands on them, um, and we see Moses. And Moses saying, right, who's going who's gonna to take all of these people? Who's got a great job of running, <laughs> leading these people after I'm gone? Because I'm, I'm going. I've had enough. Uh, no, he didn't say enough. He didn't say enough. But he did say enough a few times. It's definite. Um, uh, so who's going to lead? And Joshua was the man. Joshua was the man. But again, in front of the people, there was something going to happen. There was a laying on of hands. Uh, Numbers 27. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, <coughs> lay a hand on him. Make him stand before Eliezer the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Deuteronomy 34, this is. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom. <coughs> Moses had laid his hands on him. Yeah, listen to that there. He was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses Moses had laid hands. In obedience to the Lord, you see, there's an obedience doing this. And of course, the the verse before Numbers 24, the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord upon him. Remember Joshua. Uh, Again, that little little note that sometimes we read over Joshua, the Bible says of Joshua, when Moses left the tabernacle, Joshua continued and stayed there in the presence of the Lord, and that's why the Lord used him. Laid hands on him to con- commission him, to make for him, to appoint him, to uh, ordain him, is the word really, to ordain him as the next leader. So that's the Old Testament, where, where that's, that's what it was used for. And thankfully we come into the New Testament, and uh, there's, there's the Lord Jesus who was loved to, to minister. Um, and more often than not, when he, he, he healed, he laid hands on him. Not always. Um, but more often than not. But he, he loved to bless people, didn't he? He loved to praise and to touch the lives of people. Um, Matthew 19. Okay. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to each of these. When he placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Yeah, and of course, they, they, remember the connection between laying on of hands and pray. Uh, they're not they're not one without the other because they, obviously the Lord is leading. And of course, he said the, the people, the men, they say were brought there, not the not the mothers. We used to sing that song to be mothers of Salem, but there's the men that were bringing them by the sound of it. So someone said, and. Uh, Bless them, pray for them, put your hands upon them and bless them. Mark says, You put your hand on <coughs> and bless them. Um, and there's the Lord. And of course, in that sense, we're gone in a minute because sometimes we, we want the blessing of God without putting doing being obedient to God's word. But of course, it's a little bit different with children, isn't it? Uh, because, uh, because. Although they're disobedient, <laughs> we know that. We, we talked on Sunday about uh, original sin and we talked about uh, kids, little kids, you're not to teach them to be wrong, do we? Uh, but that's, you know, what we're talking about when kids, there's that age of innocence, isn't it, with, with the Lord? Um, so he just loved to bless them. And, and the Bible says he, he took them, the disciples said, No, you haven't got time for them, have you? You haven't got time for that. He did. Because there's something in a child that speaks to us of uh, dependence, of faith, of uh, uh, inquisitiveness, and, and all those things that we see in a child. Uh, you know, you tell them something, what do they do? Oh, I believe it. I believe it. 
You tell him there's something in that cupboard. There's a, there's a boogie, boogie, boogie monster in that cupboard. And he won't go anywhere near the thing, you know. But there's that lovely, that's a beautiful picture of, of, of dependence. They are totally dependent, aren't they, upon us. They don't really know that. They just receive it, don't they? They expect a meal on the table. They expect, you know, and we said before, our kids have never, your kids have never woke up crying in the middle of the night. What are you crying for? Well, I don't know if, if I got clothes tomorrow to wear or, or I, I'm going to be fed tomorrow. No, 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 no. Because that's, that's expected in a sense. So the blessing of God. And of course, then Jesus, when he went about, the Bible says, Jairus uh, came and said, can you come and lay hands on my daughter? Because there was, there was something that, that the Lord revealed in that touch. There was a, a communication, a channel from heaven to earth. Bless the Lord. Um, Luke, Luke 4, 38, 40. And he rose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fe fever, and they besought her, him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her, and immediately she rose and ministered unto them. Now when the sun was set in, all they that had any sick or divers diseases brought them into him, and laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Bless the Lord. He laid his hands on them, and they were all healed. Interesting, we'll see in a moment. This was outside the synagogue, bless the Lord. He healed inside and outside. And uh, we need that, don't we? Need people to be healed in. Certainly, when you see people to be healed outside, that was outside the synagogue. I believe inside. Uh, 13, 11 to 13. Luke 11, Luke 13, 11 to 13. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bent over and could, and could in no way rise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, are you loosed from your infirmity? You are loosed from your infirmity. Um, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made her straight and glorified God. He, he, he spoke the word, but he laid hands as well. Um, I suppose it's a picture of, of, of the Lord doing the work, isn't it? Um, and the Lord, that's, a new, that's Jesus, and of course then he tells us. People who say, well, that was Jesus, what about us? Uh, let's read Mark, uh, Mark 16, Mark 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth shall be believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In the name, uh, in my name they shall cast out devils and shall speak the new tongues. They shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Bless the Lord. That's his, his, his commissioning words to us, who we are in him. Um, and again, the problem it becomes is that we, uh, I, I, I say, Lord, do it in such a way. What happens is people, we elevate people, don't we? And we have that celebrity uh, thing, and it's amazing. And he was just saying when he was preaching that he was at a meeting once, and... Um, some big preachers, and of course, the, the, the prayer line was so long, and, and sometimes we forget that we, we're not seeing that person. It's the Lord that does the work. Yeah. The Lord now, the Lord uses certain people in different ways, in, in specific ways, but we've got to be careful. And, and it's human nature, isn't it? The Bible says that um, uh, Paul and Barnabas were in uh, Lystra, and they healed a man that was crippled. 
The next thing, they, they, uh, the, um, the people from the, the Greek temple came out, uh, Zeus's temple, and said, Oh, Barnabas, he's Zeus, and Paul is Hermes, uh, because they they done a miracle. And they elevate. And he said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. He said, we've come to preach against this. And uh, I, I love the story. It's a great story of uh, Peter and John going into the temple. Now, they passed that man many times. Jesus had passed that man many times, interestingly, because he'd been there for many years, didn't he? Over 40. And uh, so many. And uh, he was, that's all he wanted his money. He wasn't even looking for healing in a sense. And uh, Peter and John said, look at us. Look at us. And, uh, and you could say, oh, wait a minute now, Peter and John. What are you saying? But then listen to the next words. We got nothing. We certainly got no money for you. But what we do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And uh, we always must keep our attention on that. Laying on of hands, but it's all about him. It's all about him. And uh, Alan said so often we, we need to see through, to see to, see through the servant to the saviour, from the herald to the healer, from the prophet preacher to the potentate, from the representative to our redeemer, from the channel which we are to him, the Christ, the messenger to the master. Because it's only him. Without him, we can pray. And, and uh, as he said so many times, he, he's prayed and nothing's happened. And he, yeah, I, I will go on a minute. Perhaps people are coming with the wrong, for the wrong thing, the wrong attitude. And perhaps he said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in that place to pray for people. We'll come to that in a moment. But the, the laying on of hands to healing is, a, is, is, is encouraged and, and prayed for and believed for. And uh, we can see again through the book of Acts, we see that they laid on of hands even to the point where the Bible says amazing miracles done where they sent handkerchiefs, uh, they prayed over and they laid them on and ooh, demons came out. Lord help us. Um, so there's the, there's the impact, there's the healing touch, the, the, the blessing. And again, in the New Testament, there's that commissioning where we, put, where we commission people, where we, we ordain people, where we consecrate people for those works of the Lord. Um, Acts 6, 3 to 6. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom ye may appoint over this business. But we have given ourselves to continually in prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Farminius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Again, a laying out of hands to commission them, to consecrate them, so people would know, but also it was a prayer of faith to release them into their ministry, and a prayer that the, the, the elders would be praying for them in their ministry as well, a covering of prayer. Bless the Lord. And that, you know, when we talk about the, uh, right at the beginning, the, that sort of uh, community and that touch, you know, the lie of the devil where we can be outside of the church and think we can be functioning and think, think that's what God wants. Never what he wanted because we can only function and, and reach our potential with each other and with that care and that blessing and that uh, praying over one another. So there's that, that commissioning that we saw in the Old Testament. But then there's that there's a New Testament, that impartation, where God said lay hands on, the, on, on people for impartation. Acts 8, 1470. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria 
had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Bless the Lord. Put the hands on them. Again, a communing, communication. The Lord wanted to make sure they knew that they were going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter and John were the ones that God were using. Uh, God can use anybody, of course. I suppose there are people with that, that uh, anointing, maybe, that... Um, I also remember um, uh, someone said about uh, the, the old uh, David Pets. We had him two years ago on that... On that um, on, in August, didn't we, on, on the video up there. And uh, just an anointing, just to bring people through into the baptism of the Spirit, in, in his teaching, but in, in that anointing. And, and that God uses... God wants to use everyone, but they're always particular people, maybe. But uh, Peter and John were called down, weren't they? Um, and to lay hands to impart the baptism of the Spirit. Um, how about uh, Acts 9 with Paul, 17:18? And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately they fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptised. Bless the Lord. So there's, there's a few things going on then. There's a laying on hands for the sickness, laying on hands for the baptism of the Spirit, laying on hands for the commissioning, and everything's going on there, but it was laying on of hands. Uh, just to, just to, again, as Jesus taught us, as the Bible says, there's a communication, there's a channel. Um, nothing to do with us, it's the Lord, but the Lord uses people. Um, just again, again, to point towards him, point towards him. It's an impartation. But there's, there's something more going on. There's, there's not just an impartation of the Holy Spirit, but there's, there's something that God uses for giftings as well, which is interesting if you go into Ephesians 9. Um, Acts 9 with the people in Ephesians, the Bible says he laid hands on them, they were filled with that, and they prophesied. So there's, there's that, that, that use for giftings as well. Um, let's have a look at Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 12 to 16. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I can devote yourself to the public reading of scriptures, to preaching and to teaching. Do not ne neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters, give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely closely, preserving them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. The gifting that was laid on you from the, the prophetic word and the laying on the hands. Uh, God wants to use us, doesn't he? Uh, why? Who knows? <laughs> but he does because he wants us, again, to be in relationship with him. And as we are walking with him, living in the spirit, God is, is directing us to, to be those people. 
Now he does say, doesn't he, when uh, the context is, is ordination of elders, do not be hasty in laying on of hands. That's the context. But also, be careful you lay on the hands on hasty when, as we've seen in a minute, when there's something more to be done. Some people don't need laying on hands. Well, they do, but around their necks. No, no. Uh, <laughs> violently sometimes, don't they? Not laying on hands. They need a bit of a, bit of a shake. That's, we'll see that in a minute. But that's it's like the gifting. Let's read that also. He, 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 he reconfirms that. He, he reiterates that in uh, 2 Timothy 1. Five to seven. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in me, which dwelt first in my grandmother Lois and my mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in me also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah, so again, laying on of hands for the gifting. But just remember the, the balance. The gifting has been given, but what did he say to him? Stir it up, fan into flame. And of course, in our days of really ease, laziness, uh, Alan says biblical, biblical illiteracy, and that's very true, um, we, we have substituted things we should be doing for the prayer cue, the, the, the laying on of hands as the substitute for what we should be doing, the magic cue, the quick fix, the quick solution. Um, um, we've not done anything with the Lord all week, but let's get prayer and that'll, that'll cover us for the next week. And of course, that is not what it's for. Um, our battles are won when we watch and pray. Uh, now you can come forward for a blessing, but don't think that's the antidote or the cure for what we should be doing. And I said, those spiritual disciplines, there's no substitute for them. Um, there's no substitute for those. Uh, the things we are to do daily, there's no substitute for that. What, is the, we've do, do, what are we supposed to do every day? To praise the Lord every day, to pray every day, to pursue him every day, to carry the burden of the Lord every day. And of course, this one year, this is our biggest problem, to die daily <laughs> and there's no substitute see laying on a hands, there's no need for that because that is not what you need you need to apply God's word and to be obedient to God's word if we want victory we need to get into God's word we need our faith to what is it this is how this is where you get victory your faith faith activating God's word and being led by the spirit dying Oh, I've got this particular issue in my life. Well, you can come forward for prayer, for blessing, but really, you need to put the, the sword of the Spirit to it. And that's not a substitute for what you have to do. And that's the problem. What we've ha what's happened is uh, we have said, oh, come forward for prayer. Um, maybe not so much you know, with us, but the, we've seen it. We've been in church a long time. And it's no substitute for doing what is right. No substitute for uh, being sound, sound lifestyle. You can come forward for prayer. Dave, got trouble breathing. Oh, let's pray for you. And go outside and smoke 40 fags. Well, you know, you've got to be common sense. You see, what you need there, and Alan said, as the older he's get, the more, the more <laughs> straight he's getting, so you don't care anymore. And, and we need some good counsellor, don't we? No, I'll pray for you. But check, I'm going to pray for you to release you from smoking them fangs. And it's no good if, if, if we fill our lives, fill our, if we don't look after the temple. We talked about that last year. Looking after the temple, what we eat, our exercise, our fasting, all those things. It, 
don't come forward in a sense for prayer for, for things if you're not looking after what God's told you to do. Uh, uh, those, those, those basic things. Um, some people come forward, Dave, I got money trouble. Get in the queue. <laughs> but you see, again, if, if you're not budgeting, if you're not tithing, prayer will not be any good. That's not the answer, is it? Uh, looking after your money and making sure God's you, you, you're in, investing in the kingdom first and foremost. See, and, and of course, what's happened because we've we've allowed and we've pushed that, we've forgotten that that's not a substitute for doing what we should be doing. There's no substitute also for um, repentance. In that particular chapter, we read James five. Um, our default position, isn't it? If anyone's in trouble, let him pray. Hallelujah. Anyone's happy, praise the Lord. Anyone's sick, he should call on the elders of the church to pray. They will anoint him with oil. And the implication, obviously, you're going to be laying hands on him. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick well. Listen to, listen to the context now. And if he has sinned, therefore confess your sins one to another. See, if, if we're in disobedience or there's sin or there's issues in our life that are unrepented, you can come and you can, you can be prayed and laid hands on from here till you get to heaven. It won't make any difference at all. The antidote is repentance. And so what we've done, we've, 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 um, we've put that as the answer, as, the, as we said, the, the cure when really sometimes all it is is applying God's word and doing what we know we should be doing in the Lord um, <laughs> for him. And of course, coming, expecting the Lord to do something. And, if, and uh, 1 Corinthians 11, what does it say? Those people who were sick and ill, dying in the church, it doesn't matter if you prayed for them, laid hands on them, didn't make any difference. They, they, if they didn't repent and they, and they, they broke and bread wrongly, doesn't, prayer wouldn't have helped them unless they're repenting. So again, the Bible is, is all for us laying on of hands. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. But not in substitute for that which we know we should be doing. Laying on hands for blessing, absolutely. For impartation, for healing, for commissioning, for all those things, identification, all those wonderful things. But not, <laughs> not without those other things that we should be put into place. And uh, that's what we've done, haven't we? We've, we've elevated people, or if, if only he prays for me or she prays for me. Well, again, there's an element of truth in that, isn't it? Because the Lord uses certain people who are walking with the Lord closer. But again, remember, we are asking. We're asking the Lord, isn't we? The Lord's the one who's touching us, not that person. Um, and don't substitute it for that which we know that we should be doing and applying God's word. In his word, living by his spirit, following the spirit, being led by the spirit, uh, letting him speak to us and um, not a, a substitute for that which God has told us to do. Um, he can't reverse those consequences sometimes. We sow, we're going to reap, aren't we? We're going to reap them. Because that's, that's God's promise. We don't, we, we want to reverse disobedience. We want to reverse the consequences. But sadly... Um, prayer is not going to do that. Uh, we need repentance. And um, when well, we hear this, I thought, how oh, true. How oh, true. Those elemental teachings, laying on of hands, is absolutely for the church today, uh, for the right things, for the things that he asks us and he tells us to do. And sometimes we just um, 
need to maybe lay hands on them and say, well, let's have a chat with this about this a minute now. <laughs> you need, you need a, some, some wise counsel. Get into the word, apply the word, and do it, you know. And just, isn't it amazing how, how, how common sense sometimes uh, goes out of the window? As Christians, we should have more common sense because it's sanctified now. We should have, but I don't know, sometimes we seem to be less common sense. That's why the Lord says, look, you, uh, you should be better with the worldly wealth than those, the world, he said. You should be better because, you know, you've got me in your life. So um, when we, we do lay hands on the sick. But again, be careful. Don't be hasty. Be led of the Spirit. Um, and uh, sometimes we just, uh, it's not a substitute for knowing Him, for doing, you know, your spiritual disciplines. Some people don't, they, they want to come to church, be spoon-fed, uh, and they think that's going to be it for the rest of the week. It's not going to be, it's not going to... It's not going to do any harm, but it's not what God wants. That's something when we gather together, when we feed each other, bless each other, but you've got to feed yourself. Amen. Bless the Lord. God is good. So let us uh, take Mark's gospel. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Help us, Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.